0: Hello, and welcome to the PhD Life Raft podcast. I am Emma Brzezinski, and today I am talking to the wonderful Lucy Nevitt. In this episode, we are talking about proofreading, what it is, why it's difficult to do it for yourself, how you can get help for that. Um, And also in this episode, Lucy shares her love affair with Citation Systems. Um, So I do hope you enjoy this episode. (music) Hello Lucy.
1: Hello Emma, thank you for having me.
0: You're so welcome. We were just saying, sure we must have met each other before, but we can't really remember. So this is lovely to to truly meet each other in a, in a kind of way in which we will remember, I'm sure. Yes,
1: that's right. It was years ago if we did.
0: Yeah, because you were at Royal Holloway um, in the drama department and so is I. So, um, although it's quite a big big department. It is, um, Yes. So I am very excited um, that you are here to talk about proofreading because this is a big one um, and we were in fact we were just saying before we started recording that there are a lot of predatory proofreaders out there and there's lots of you know advertising online for people you know to to help you with your PhD and and people might be confused by that or might be mm-hmm vulnerable to um people taking advantage of them so I think it's so brilliant that um we're going to address this and know what to look for and know how you can use it it's um it's going to be a good one um so we always start though before we get into that we always start with asking people about their journey so can you tell us a little bit about your own journey through the PhD and out the other side
1: Yes. Well, as you said, I was at Royal Holloway. I did my PhD in drama. I did it full time with funding. So I was very fortunate for three years. I had a lovely time for three years. And then in my writing up fourth year, the funding ran out. I got a full time post and ran right up against the reality of working full time as an academic and trying to finish a PhD, which was a bit of a shock. Yeah, Um, blimey. But basically, yeah, I had a lovely time. Um, I was um, Living in London, doing lots of of reading, lots of research. I had a supervisor who I think really got me and got my way of working and, and so yeah, I think I was very lucky actually um, with my I PhD it. experience. I,
0: I I love the good news stories because they are possible. Right? <laughs> yes, possible. yes, <laughs> it's possible. And um, and so then, how did you get into having having been an academic? How did you get into kind of becoming a professional proofreader?
1: Well, I think funnily enough, I think my PhD probably was the start of that journey. Right, although I didn't know right. it at the time because when I did my PhD was when I fell in love with citation systems. Um, I think um, that. <laughs> Just the, say
0: that again. I love,
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I love them. I love their elegance and their quiet efficiency. I think they're brilliant. Um, I was working with a crazy range of sources in my PhD and that sort of moment of realising that there is a series of systems in place for communicating all of that information about where the reader can find those sources without interrupting the flow of my beautiful prose and their reading experience um, was, it was just great. Um, And from then on, I just loved them. Um, But I didn't go straight to proofreading. Um, I was an academic for 10 years. um, And then I sort of worked on um the outskirts of academic publishing, I was the editorial administrator um, for a journal, um, which meant that I did a lot of work with editors and authors, but also with the people on the publishing side of things and got mm-hmm. to know academic publishing from that side. Um, so then when I stopped doing that um, proofreading just seemed to call to me a bit it seemed like a sensible thing to go and 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 I really love it I love that detail work and I love the opportunity that you get to read all sorts of things that um, other people have have written um, and and help them just get them ready to be read and and I find that tremendously exciting.
0: I love that this has got to be the quote of the season fell in love with citation season I love it I love it I love it brilliant so this so this is this is clearly your passion yes this is what you're very good at um and as you say you've experienced it from from a range of perspectives so um as a writer and you still are you know working professionally as a writer as an mm-hmm. editor um and you know qualifying to be a proofreader and to do that that professionally um so there may be some people at this point going well, well what is this what is this proofreading thing um so can you tell us what that actually means what does it mean to proofread something
1: yeah absolutely and and it, it's a, a big one because it means one thing to publishers and a whole lot of other things to, to different people yes um, it does. but basically proofreading is what you have to do after you're convinced you've finished um so you've done your writing you've done all of your rounds of edits um, you are delighted relieved exhausted that you've finished the text And then you have to proofread. Um, Mm -hmm. So basically proofreading is about checking every mark on every page and all the spaces in between the marks. Um, Mm -hmm. It's about making sure that there are no errors, no inconsistencies, no ambiguities um, in the text, in the writing of the text and in the presentation of the text. So it's not just looking for typos. Um, I think a lot of people um, particularly um, at the beginning of their careers, think that they just have to do a quick run-through to make sure that they haven't got any embarrassing typing errors. Um, but actually, it's a whole lot more than that. Um, you're looking at layout and formatting, you're looking at numbering systems, lists, you're checking that all your cross-references still work, all your links still work, you're looking at headings hierarchies, capitalization, hyphenation, abbreviation, la la la. Uh, the list goes on. Um so. And then, of course, the things that most people think of when they think of proofreading, which is typos, grammar, spelling, punctuation, those sorts of things. And I love it because you, your business is called The Proof
0: Detectives. And actually, it is proofreading is quite forensic, isn't it, in terms of like you mm-hmm. just described, actually is this kind of minute detail, which I have to say, I... To me, it just fills me with horror. I can't, <laughs> I can't. When I go back, I don't want to read it anymore, and it just, I just get sort of snowblind. So the idea, mm-hmm. you, you know, and I have been very blessed to work with some fantastic proofreaders who kind of go in and do that work. I just, I think it's it's amazing, and I salute you because there is no way on God's earth I could do that myself. Um. So, so we've got this sort of this sort of forensic attention to detail, but how is that different than to editing? Because again, this sense of of um, working through the material again, people, can you just sort of separate that out for us? Explain the difference.
1: Yeah. So um, editing is is still about con- content and expression. Um, so you're engaging with what the ideas are and how you communicate them to the to the audience to the reader. Um, and so when you edit, you know, you you are potentially changing quite big things or changing quite little things, but you're still engaging with um, with those ideas. Mm, um, mm. Proofreading, it, it's an editorial skill, but it's not editing. Um, it's about really ensuring that your reader has the smoothest possible encounter with your text, so that there's nothing there to trip them up, nothing there to interrupt their engagement with the ideas. So I guess... I like to think about it, um, if I can do an extended metaphor. Um, oh, please if, do. please <laughs> if you, do. If you think about your your PhD or your piece of writing as, um, a, a, as a, an art exhibition, so you, you've got your ideas and your argument and everything, and, and that's your paintings and, and your sculpture and whatever, um, and you've curated it, you've got the structure, you've thought through um, it at, at paragraph and sentence level as well as at chapter level, um, and, and so you've curated that exhibition. And so it's ready for your audience and for the eminent art critics to come in um, and, and engage with your art. Um, and you don't want them to come in and be tripping over broken floorboards or sort of peering at your sculpture through the gloom because the light bulb's gone. Um, or, you know, uh, there are smears on the protective glass so they can't see the painting. Um, so that's really what proofreading is. I, I kind of see what I do as gallery maintenance rather than art. <laughs> art curation. Um, It's about making sure that your reader doesn't trip over things when they're reading. So your examiner's not going to fail you because you've occasionally used a hyphen instead of an end dash, unless you're doing a PhD on Emily Dickinson, in which case you should probably get that one nailed. Um, But but they are going to find, if there are repeated errors, that Mm. they're being tripped up, they're being distracted from your ideas. It gets irritating. It becomes something that stops them appreciating your art. Um, they're not going to necessarily blame the artist, but they are going to perhaps not be as happy in their experience of the exhibition. So I'll stop the extended metaphor now, but but that, <laughs> that notion that what you're doing is trying to smooth um, as much as possible your readers' engagement with your ideas so that they can go straight to the ideas, straight to the argument, um, and, and not be worrying about other things.
0: Yes, and I think um, first of all, loving extended metaphors. Also, I, yeah, as an examiner, you know, one of the first things you do is you kind of go, you select some random citations and look them up yep. to just check. And and of course, if that goes smoothly, you're like, okay, well, this probably looks all right. I'll just, you know, as we go through. But if it doesn't, you'll
1: yeah. be like, mm, yeah.
0: okay, I'm a bit worried about what's going on
1: here. So yeah. you, you you kind and of it affects you, how you read everything. It else does from then it on, does. doesn't it? Yeah yeah so it's, so that, the, it's the same with if you're reading anything whether you're examining it or not I think um you know if there are typos they start to annoy you and you start to worry about the writer
0: yeah yeah
1: so so we've got this sense of what it is so if
0: you asked somebody then to proofread that's what they're going to do that's what they're going to do for you they're going to do that forensic work and yeah. um, the gallery maintenance of that <laughs> Yes. Um, so here's so here's a bit more of a kind of this 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 more of a juicy one. Um, uh, this this sense of things being all your own work, and you know, you have to sign that declaration as you hand in your um your thesis. This is all my own work. <laughs> so if you if you're working with a proofreader, how does that relate to that um statement?
1: Yeah, that's particularly important with with examination texts. Um, and the first thing to say is that different universities have different policies on this. So the first thing to do if you're thinking about getting a professional or any third party proofreader to look at your work is to check what the regulations are for your examining institution. Um, there are still a few universities that simply say you can't have a third party proofreader, um, which um, is is getting rarer now. Um, most have policies um some have um actually registers of proofreaders that you have to use one who's on the register for, for nice. that university so, nice. so so check that that's that's the first thing um but basically yes it has to be all your own work but that already hasn't stopped you talking to your supervisor about your work yeah. um and and getting input um from your supervisor or your supervisory team it wouldn't stop you using citation software to to help smooth that process. Um, so uh, if the proofreader is working sort of at the level of um, not intervening in the ideas um, or the argument. Um, so basically not intervening at the content level in any way. Um, they're only dealing with surface errors, um, then they're not actually having an effect on yes. the work that's being examined. Yes. Um so so that's sort of the the principle at uh, at the bottom line um, that yes. yes it must be all your own work you have to have done all the thinking all the arguing all the expressing of that argument yourself um but it's generally in most cases considered um perfectly acceptable to have a third party um, whether they're professional or a friend or colleague um go through and and um pick up those those final errors, inconsistencies, ambiguities, um, and point them out to you. Um, Generally, you're supposed to then fix them yourself rather than have them fixed for you again because of your own work. It's less rigid once you get onto publishing outside the the context of an examination. Um, But for PhD theses, um, it is. The rules are quite tight, but uh, a a decent proofreader will know the rules. Um, They will ask you to send them your institution's um, policy on proofreading and, and they'll stick to that and they'll know how to stick to that because they'll have been trained. Yes, and I think that it, coming back
0: to what we started with, with because I think the reason why universities are quite strict on that and some even say who you've got to go to is related to those predatory companies, isn't it? That actually they get, because you can get into dodgy territory that they are, you know, related to the kind of SA mill kind of yeah. people who ru- end up writing then things for you which of course is not appropriate um no absolutely and, and um but what you're doing is very different and is recognized by um by universities as, as a as a service that is helping to inha- you know enhance the work checking the work um mm-hmm. but not in a way that's affecting the content um so the so the big question then is well, why why um should people well, not should people, but w- this challenge of proofreading your own work.
1: Um, yeah, it's harder. It just is. It is much harder to proofread your own work than to proofread someone else's. Um, and and, uh, and no matter how experienced you are, I find that and I'm a trained proofreader. Right. It's, hard, it's so harder to proofread to my own rough work. Um, and, and there's all sorts of reasons. Um, and I suppose that the big one is that familiarity gets in the way because you know what you're meant to write. And so that's what your brain gives you. Um, So you don't necessarily spot the glitch there because um, because it's much harder. You know what you're expecting to see, and we we so often we read what we expect to read, Um, and and it's it's very easy to miss things um, in in that context. Um, And I think also it's incredibly difficult not to edit if it's your own work. Yes, yes, Um, that discipline of simply treating the text as complete apart from the proofread because you'll find something and you'll think of a a more elegant way of phrasing it and and you'll just pop that in while you're going and and there's a lot of reasons why that's a problem and first of all you can introduce a new error at that point Um, (laughs) (laughs) which you really don't want to do Um, but also you're in a different mindset Um, and if you have your proofreading hat on and you start editing you might actually make quite bad writing decisions um Mm. because you've not got your writing mind switched on um Mm. so but that's very hard to do it's really hard to 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 keep just the one hat on when it's your own work um so so yeah there's there's all sorts of reasons. Another, I think, is that you get into um, the completion mindset. Um, Mm -hmm. So you're going, but what you've done, I'm done, I've finished this piece of work. Um, And, you know, at that point, you might be very tired, you might be a bit anxious, you might be pressed for time because you've been pushing other stuff aside in order to get finished. And you're you're eager to get the project off your desk. um, And that might lead to you feeling reluctant to re-engage or just having a real boredom response like I yes. just can't bear to read this again right now yes. and, and all yes. of those things get in the way um and and so so again it's when it's your own work when you know it that well you've been working on it for that long um, the proofread is just that much harder to do whereas with, with me working professionally rather than on my own work and um, you know it's coming in fresh and I'm reading it as a proofreader but also as a reader Um, and it's it's my first time seeing it um, and that makes it a lot easier for me to direct my focus and so if you are proofreading your own work and we all have to do it sometimes um, it's very worth bearing in mind those things that can get in the way um, and and if you're aware of them it's perhaps easier to try and circumvent them a bit um, and you know get yourself in the right frame of mind to do it. I
0: love that. I go through the sense of of not multitasking, not editing and proofreading at the same time. Yeah. So you end up then doing neither of them particularly well. Yeah, Um, that's right. I think the other lovely thing about having someone proofread it is the kind of confidence in the work of like someone else has read it and it all looks good to them. Hooray. That's confidence. And so I I think there there is that there is that kind of human thing as well, isn't it? Of Kind of going, I'm going to give it to somebody else now. They're going to look at it and they're saying it's all right. Hooray. 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 Um, So much good stuff there. So much good stuff there. Um, And so I'm aware of time. Um, and so we were talking before we came on and I, I said you know and I always do a top tip I always feel a bit embarrassed about asking people for top tips because it feels a bit reductive but you said you love the top tips so oh I'm all you,
1: about top, tips. top there, tips there you go uh,
0: i loving it to I'm gonna have you back read. every week yes. <laughs> um, so here's
1: the question of have you got a top tip for us then I have a hundred top tips oh, amazing <laughs> <laughs> I think The big one has to be give yourself more time than you think you'll need, um, whether you are doing it yourself or getting a professional, professional proofreader's book jobs in advance. Um, You know, they have schedules um, just as you have a schedule. Um, So either way, um, when you're making your time plan, put in a big block of time um for proofreading. Um, and if you're having it professionally done, put in a block of time after that because you're going to need to go through and make the changes. Um, so so there's there's that. So it's it's more time than you expect. It's not something you just do in a couple of evenings. And mm-hmm. um, so, so that's probably the big one. Um, I love that. I love that. And think,
0: yeah, things always take longer. And this this sense of having that time to go through, like you say, actually proofreading it's very detailed work and you probably don't want to be doing you know you you want to probably do it a little bit at a time if you're doing it yourself because you'll you'll want to really pay attention and have your bet you know your sharpest attention
1: that so uh, absolutely I think no absolutely take breaks um and you know have scheduled breaks so you're going to have 10 minutes out of every hour or whatever it is you choose and don't look at a screen or a page during that time Um, but also as you're going if you find yourself reading rather than proofreading, or starting to drift towards editing stop take a break straight away um so so having that time um i've got a sense
0: of a a bonus i've got a sense of a bonus tip there is is
1: is there
0: there something Um, else for us
1: uh yeah um actually don't try and do the entire proofread in one read through the text is the best tip I can give you so make yourself a checklist and divide it into sort of maybe three passes through the text Um, and so you'll go through one looking at format and layout and indentations and lists and then you'll go through again um, and you'll be looking at um, you know, the, the, the next block of things, um, numbering systems, cross-references or whatever. Um, and then you'll go through again and you'll be drilling right down into, into the spelling and and grammar. Um, and don't be afraid to look things up. Get yourself a good English usage guide. Get Fowler's or Swan um, and get yourself a good dictionary. Um, your university library will probably have online access to, to dictionaries and style guides and stuff. Um, but don't rely on... Microsoft Word spell and grammar check but they can be good at telling you what what you need to look up because I suppose the other thing about proofreading your own work is that if something's a genuine mistake if it's there because you don't know what the right thing to do is then you're not going to spot it on a proofread either
0: yeah,
1: um, yeah. you know if, if you don't if you're not solid on apostrophes then you're not it's... necessarily going to spot when you've got one in the wrong place um yeah so stop and look things up if you're not sure um and yeah take several passes through don't try and do it all at the same time because you'll miss things
0: love it i love that i love that sense of what you're going to be proofreading for in that moment so you can really focus your brain genius yeah. genius yeah, yeah and you mentioned fowlers and swan um, and yeah. these are these are tell, tell us what these are they
1: are english usage guides um so they're not the same as your style guide so if you're using You know, Chicago or MLA or APA or whatever you're using, um, that will give you an awful lot of information that's very useful um, about how you present your work. Um, But the stuff about grammar and punctuation and things like that, um, just getting familiar with an English usage guide. So the two that I would recommend are SWAN. Uh, practical English Usage or Fowler's Modern English Usage; um, those are both UK English. Um, obviously, US English. There are there are different ones, and your supervisor um, should be able to um, guide you <coughs> in that direction. Um, but but yeah, getting getting a grammar guide basically um, is is a good thing to do so that you can look things up if you're not sure.
0: Love that, and we can we'll have, we can have links for that in the in the show notes if you want to follow that up. Um, yeah. Lucy, you're a wonder. I love it. I love it. As I say, I have absolute respect for the work that you do because it is um, uh, the attention to detail in a way that I cannot imagine. Um, Thank you so much for being here. Thank Um, you. We will have all your details in the show notes too so that people can find you and find out about um, what you do.
1: Um, Thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you for having me. It's It's been delightful. I love talking about this. People don't always let me.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Um, and thank you all for listening.